Well, y'all ready for tonight? Because tonight's going to be awesome. Amen. I love it. Love it. Get your Bible out and go to Ephesians chapter 1 again. Um, thought I was done with Ephesians 1. I guess we'll be done when, when the Lord says we're done. Right? All right. Now, yeah, there, yeah, there's the eraser. So if someone didn't steal it, I accused them falsely. They hid it. No, they didn't. Um, we've been talking about the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed over the church in Ephesus. And I want to read it. And um, I want to read it. Where's my other book? It must be in the other. No, here it is. I want to read it in another translation. And I want you to catch a hold of what Paul is asking God to do. I want you to think about the fact that, that the Holy Spirit thought so much of this prayer to put it in the Bible. Not just for us to know what Paul prayed, but for you and I to pray the prayer. And one of the most important things you'll see about this prayer is Paul is not asking God to give them anything. Now, we pray in, in America a certain way almost all the time. And I'm going to say this, and I want you, if you don't get anything, because I'm going to say it over and over and over and over, because I think through repetition, you know, maybe this time next year you'll, you'll start, this will, you'll grasp this. God cannot give you what he's already given you. Amen. And it, the Christians in America, you've been taught in church to pray from a position of defeat. If you pray that way, nothing will happen. Nothing. Amen. Nothing. Because God has no idea what you're talking about. Amen. All right, I'm going to prove it to you. I say this over and over and over and over. But maybe one day somebody's going to go, oh. If you get a person, let's, let's say Art wants to get saved tonight. He comes in here and he goes, Jesus, save me. Heavenly Father, save me from sin. Oh, God, save me from sin. And every Sunday he prays that. Every Wednesday night for 10 years. If he dies, he's going to go to hell. Now, now that may, you know, and I say that and people look at me and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want you to think about it. What, what would you want God to do? Well, save him. He already saved him. Are you asking him to come down on the cross? Or did he? Are you, what do you, what do you, are you asking him to bring a magic wand, smack him on the head? What do you, what are you asking God to do? It's a wasted prayer. You just, now you're saved by grace through what? Faith in what? What he did. So let's, let's pray again with art. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you? Do yes. you believe he rose from the dead? Yes. The Bible says if you believe he died on the cross, rose from the dead, you confess him as Lord. So he prays a prayer like this. Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent Jesus down the cross for me and I receive him. Yes. Yes. Come on, he's saved. Yes. Now, one of the things that we're going to learn is that the, I'm going to show you the root 
of that revelation. I'm going to show it to you because if you, if you don't understand the root of what I'm saying, you'll go through life praying dead prayers and go and, and because you, you know, it seems like everybody knows how to get saved, but they don't know how to do anything else. So, so many, many people are born again and there's people sitting in church that are not born again. They're not saved. Been going to church. Uh, we were talking about Terry the other day, not trying to embarrass Terry. But you, but you have no idea how many people I've met that have never missed a Sunday service in their life. And they're on their way to hell. They're not Christians. And they have, nobody, no, they have no concept of receiving Jesus. Z88. Call them on the phone right now and tell them you're not getting them and, and they'll hang up on you. That's a, listen, that's a stupid request. Crank up the power at Z88. Crank it up. Hang up. There's nothing wrong at the station. You have a receiver. It's called a radio receiver. Used to have crystals in it. And they would pick up frequencies. And then whatever frequency that band is on, if you turn that frequency, and I got to tell you all something right now, it's crazy. I've been in classroom before, and it happened more in my, when I was a kid than I ever seen it now, where someone's tooth and a, and a filling would pick up a radio, you could hear music coming out of their mouth was the wildest thing because their tooth is picking up that frequency and you're hearing, and you can't hear, I mean, you can't hear words, but you're hearing, you're like, you singing? No, I didn't say anything. Yeah, won't well, shut up over there, you know? And yet, and yet that's, so God, Paul is writing a, a prayer trying to get the a church in Ephesus and you and I to understand what Jesus did, what he 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 did, and how that you appropriate what he did. And as long as you're not basing what you're doing on what he did, you're just going through a religious motion and, and God is not ignoring you, but you're ignoring him because you've chosen to not know. You, we choose ignorance. We like going to church and sitting in church and pretending like we're Christians. And you don't know your Bible. We love pretending like we love God. And you don't have a clue what the Bible says. What's well, crazy. But that's not God's fault. It's mine as a pastor and it's yours. So pastors should be teaching doctrine. Not, not just Jesus loves you, this I know. Actual doctrine. So, I'm, so Wednesday night, we get to get into more meat and potatoes. And that's because if I can get you to understand this, you can get to the place where you get all your prayers answered. Because God's not withholding at all. Okay? You walk in a bank. There's a special protocol to get your money out. Walk in there and say, I want my money. They'll throw you out. You better have a number. 
You better, you, you, there's a, well, Mr. Morgan, what's your, what's your number? Well, that's none of your business. <laughs> it is your money. You're going to do it the way they said. Or you ain't even getting your money. And you're going to do it the way God said and you ain't get anything. That may be crazy, but it's, it, you, I mean, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I like to, I like to throw numbers out because I'm, I'm, I'm not really, the numbers I'm giving you aren't true. But I, but I, but they're high. 95% of Christians in America are flat stupid. <laughs> they are. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, they just, and, and, and they don't know they're stupid. They don't know. They don't know. They go to church. They hear a good sermon. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't know. But, but when I got born again, I thought, I want this to work. I want, this must work. I've always, my dad was an engineer, and I always want to know, how does it work? And so I have bad habit when I buy something of taking it apart. Now we have YouTube and we can attempt to put it back together. I tried to take a spray can apart one time, a little spray can, and I put a nail in it and drove, bam, and I found out that you don't do that. I got, I got paint in my eyes. Mom had poor milk in my eyes. It was enamel paint, man. I mean, it, I found out, well, that's not the right way to take that can apart. But anyway, so I've always kind of had this analytical mind. My dad, on my, my dad was one of the three engineers that designed um, the landing gear on the C5A Galaxy, the largest airplane in the world. And so, so, you know, a lot of that, I got a lot of that in me. Where, I'm, where I actually sit down and study stuff that if I told y'all, it would bore you out of your ever-loving mind. You know, I don't want to tell you some of them. You're like, you're crazy, Pastor. You're really crazy. All right. I was explaining to Cody today. We went to the gun range, and he has a rifle where he's, you know, shoots like a mile. And I was explaining to him how to figure the rate of powder burn in a cartridge. Now, I know you know, you're going, we re- that, I hope you don't preach on that because we really don't care. But to me, it, it's, it's incredible to study how you can make a bullet only drop four inches instead of eight, et cetera, et cetera. Tim, Tim, Tim understands exactly what it said. So does Paul. See, there's other, yeah, we get it. But women are going, get back to the Bible, Pastor, please. Okay. All right, now listen to this prayer. And this is not, this is somebody who wrote this. Father, I'm asking you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. I want the eyes of my understanding to be full of light. I want to know the call of God. I want to understand the inheritance that belongs to me. I want to understand my authority as a believer. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I'm s- because I don't see my inheritance clearly. I'm not walking in the light of it. I'm not enjoying it. So the number one thing I want from you is to give me a, you, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's a nutshell of what Paul is praying. Does that make sense? Like, like, that makes all sense in the world. All right, here's another one. Father God, here's what I want from you. I want you to give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of God so the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. I want to know the call of God on my life, the inheritance that belongs to me, the authority I have as a believer. I thank you, Father, for helping me see it more clearly. My greatest need is the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and I thank you for opening up my eyes. That is the prayer. So this is the way Paul prayed it over 
the church. This is the way I'm going to pray it over you right now. Father, I don't cease to give thanks making mention of the people here tonight in my prayer. I pray and I ask you, Father God, to give every one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. I want our eyes to be full of understanding and light so that we will know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of our inheritance because we're, in, we're saints. What is the exceeding greatness of the power toward us because we believe according to the working of your mighty power which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand and have him placed as far above principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named and put everything under his feet and gave all of that to the church. Now, do you understand what he's doing? He's not asking God to give you anything. God bless them. That's a dumb prayer. You're already blessed. God, give them riches. We already blessed you with every, all. You understand? In other words, it, I used this illustration one time, and, I, and, and I'm not, it's, it's, it, it's a black-white illustration. I, I don't have a better one. Rosa Parks, when she was on the bus, was not fighting for her freedom. The freedom belonged to her. So I would pray this over black people. Father, show black people what already belongs to them and how to, get, how to walk in the inheritance that was handed to them at the, at the end of the war. You understand what I'm praying? So that they will come out of the poverty. They would come out of that and, and they would understand they don't have to ride on the back of the bus or use colored bathrooms. That, that would be, the, I would pray that same prayer. Because, they, because of ignorance, they went through all that until somebody stood up and said, uh, I don't have to ride on the back of the bus. Because they found out that legally, what was happening to them was illegal. So what Paul is praying is that you understand that what Satan's doing to you is illegal. He's putting you in a bondage and you do not have to stay there. But your ignorance is why you're, you're in bondage. God is not doing it and Satan is doing it, but you're, but you're allowing it. Not because you are advertising Satan do it, but you're just ignorant. So fear bound black people up for years until they finally one day said, we don't care if you put us in jail. If you put them in jail, are they free? Yes. Do you understand that? So even if you're sick, you're healed. Does that make sense to you? You're not, you're not, we're going to put you in jail. Well, put me in jail. I'm getting a lawyer. Because you can't keep me in jail because you, you, know, you have no right to put me in jail. So you can't be afraid. So when Satan comes along and puts something on you, you're not going, oh, God, deliver me. Oh, God. And he's going, I don't know what you're talking about. But the minute that you start declaring what your rights are, the Holy Spirit is your advocate. He's your lawyer. Then he fights with you. But you have to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, you will stay defeated all of your life. Does that make sense to you now? And now we've always thought, well, what, what is God? God is, God is not stopping any of this. He gave us the Holy Spirit to teach you. But you have to fellowship with him. You've got to actually sit down and pray in tongues and read your Bible. And if you don't, you won't know and nothing will happen. 
God's not up there with a crayon going, hey, they read the Bible an hour, they read the Bible an hour. He's not a Baptist. The reason is, is I, I grew up with a Baptist. And I remembered it was so embarrassing. I'd come in and everybody have stars by my name. I just have one. <laughs> For years, I had one star. I run John 3.16. I learned one scripture. And I only had one star. It was terrible. All these names on the board. And, you know, Joe and Sam and Billy and Susie and all these stars. And Daryl, boom, one. <laughs> They love to see me now. I got five stars. I got <laughs> lots of stars. Well, we kind of think God thinks that way, and he does not. All right. Are you all ready? Because I hadn't even started my sermon yet. All right. Jesus came as the head of the new creation, and he was substitute man. Now, go to, go to 1 Corinthians Chapter 15. Now, if you're taking notes, take notes. You don't learn any. If you want to know this, take notes. And go back and mark your Bible and read it and study it yourself. Learn your Bible. Okay. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17. Did I say that right? I think I am. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. I'm sorry. 20. That's, a, that's another one. I was reading two scriptures at once. Now, look. Now Christ is risen from the dead. Now, dead does not equal physical every time. Learn this. The word death, okay, i got to find one that writes. For most of the scriptures in the Bible are, is not physical. In most cases. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote some scriptures now. Were you dead in trespasses and sins? Were you physically dead? No. Physical death is a byproduct of spiritual death. So when the Bible talks about God raising Jesus from the dead, he's not talking about his physical body coming out of the tomb. He's talking about Jesus coming back from being spiritually dead. Now, carnal Christians... Everything in the Bible is physical. Death is physical. Um, unity is physical. Everything, everything's body. They don't think spiritual at all. And so when they read the Bible, it does not make sense to them because they've never learned to rightly divide it. So let me go back and read this again. I started and I stopped. Christ is risen from spiritual death and became the first fruits, the first person to ever be born again. I'll show that to you in a minute. Who have fallen asleep. For since by man, say Adam, came death. Now, I'm not going to go here, but, I, but I'm, going, I'm not going to make you go here, but I want to quote it. You remember in the book of Genesis, God said to Adam, In the day you eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Remember that? The word surely is the Hebrew word dying. And this is what it says. Dying, you will die. They didn't know what to do with that. And they thought, well, maybe that means he'll really die. <laughs> Dying spiritually, you're going to die physically. You understand that? This, when the moment you sin, boom, you're going to die. Now, spiritual death, it, all that it is is separation from God. 
Did I spell that right? S-C-P-E-R. S-C-P-A-R. Okay. I'm from Georgia. Spiritual death does not mean that your spirit man falls over either. It means that God is life. God is life. Let me write this right here. He is life. He doesn't have life. And when you separate from him, you become dead. You understand? The moment you stop being with God, dead, you're dead. Because he is life. And that's what happened to Adam in the garden. And this is what happened when Jesus went to the cross. Because now remember this all of your life. Jesus had to become your substitute. So he had to become exactly like you and take your place. And if you were dead, he had to become dead. What he, the thing that he was in the garden saying, God, let this cup pass from me, was not the nails. It was becoming sin and taking the sin of the world on him. So, all right. So let me finish reading this. It says, so since by man, Adam came death by man, also came the resurrection of the dead. For in Adam, everyone dies. Even in Christ, all are made alive. So we could say this and it would be accurate. Your sin problem is because of Adam. In other words, all the stuff we did growing up was because we were born into Adam. We were sons of Adam. Adam sold out to Satan, so we had Satan's nature. It was just a matter of time before we just walked out of the house and bombed out. And yet we never knew that, that everyone had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God because the church has never really explained this to anybody. And so you come to church, you're a teenager, you promise to live for God, you get in your teenage years, and you flat don't. And so you walk out and you go, I'm just a terrible old hypocrite. No. Okay, now let's Listen, so, so you get to an age of accountability, and I mean, the minute you just do something wrong, you, you just, your spirit man separates from God. Boom, you're dead. And then all of a sudden, you're no longer alive into Christ, and you have no idea what happened to you. Unless you received Jesus and walked in the light of it younger in life. And most kids don't grow up. You know, I, I read E.W. Kenyon's books, and I'm going to tell you something about him. He got born again as a teenager in a Methodist church, and he fell away from God and got back into sin. And he said, I, this, this doesn't work. And he really started studying the Word of God. He came back to God and started studying because he knew that it was more to it than just try to live right. He knew, and he, he's the one, he got a lot of this revelation and started preaching it. So, so let's come back over here and finish reading this. I want you to see this. For in Adam, everyone dies. Talking about separate from God. Even so in Christ, everyone's made alive or brought back to God. Each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits. After that, those who are Christ at his coming. All right, now, uh, look at verse 45 in the same one. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man was the Lord from heaven. As the man of dust, also those who are made of dust, also as the heavenly man, so also those who are heavenly. If, if we have borne the image of the man of dust, we'll also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Go over there, even though you know it. Let's read it. Therefore, if any man is in Christ. Now, this word is the, is the key. I'm going to write it up here. 
or these, this word unlocks the whole New Testament. If you don't understand those two words, you will never understand your Bible. That amazing thought, isn't it? That's amazing. Now, when's the last time you went to a church and never heard anybody say that? Never. I don't think they know it. Now, I don't have, I'm going to jump ahead of myself because I'm going to prove it to you. You were dead in sin, right? So it wasn't smoking dope that got you, you were a reason you were going to hell. So since you were dead, and this is you, you were dead in sin, Jesus became the second Adam. All right. Adam could not be born again because he was of the earth. But Jesus had never sinned. Here's where the difference comes in. So he goes and he comes down to earth and walks the earth and he walks the earth as a man. Then he takes your place and him who knew no sin became sin and he went down into the region of the damned, went into hell. But in the eyes of God, he is... The, he's the king of the new creation. So when Adam sinned, you died. So when Jesus sinned, when he died, you, you, you were already dead. But when he was made alive and came up out of the grave, he brought all humanity with him. Do you understand that? So if God had a way, and the only way God could do this is to make you and Jesus one person. If he could somehow miraculously join you into one person, then if Jesus is righteous, then you are righteous. If Jesus is alive, now you're alive. Because you can't be married if you're alive. You have to be dead to be married. And because you are dead in sin then Jesus could take you as his bride and the moment you do, you become one person. So, you, so his righteousness is yours, his resurrection is yours, his death is yours. As a matter of fact, as he is, so are you. And you and him, God sees you as one person right now. Say, that's incredible. This is why you can't pray from defeat. You're not defeated. Okay. Is this helping? Yeah. And so this whole prayer that Paul is praying is God show them this. Because it's spiritually understood not physically understood you've got to be spiritual see when Jesus told the disciples he said I have a lot of things to say to you but you can't receive them you can't even understand what I just said with your head you just heard me with your heart because your heart understands spiritual things now Amen. am I making sense y'all are like Okay, my God, this is good. So the prayer of faith 
Everything that belongs to Jesus is your inheritance. It's yours. So you don't ask God to give it to you. You receive it. I before E. Now I got myself on this. you're, You're not begging God for what he did. Now, there's a challenge. You're in the world and Satan is challenging you. And he's challenging you on the right to it. Well, what right do you have to it? Well, your right is the fact that Jesus got your right. But you're looking at yourself from your soul because you're a three-part person, one, two, three. And the first, the spirit man is alive unto God, but your head is dumb as a rock and your flesh is rebellious. And so you're running around with a stupid head and you can't get anything that belongs to you that already is yours. Because you're under condemnation because you said a dirty word yesterday. And you're fighting your battles from defeat. Does this make sense? Now I'm not saying it's okay to live like hell. But I'm just saying that God doesn't answer. When you got born again, did he answer your prayer because you were good? No, he answered your prayer because of Jesus. So you always pray from what Jesus did, not because you go to church and tithe and and you helped an old lady across the street. Because God doesn't give a rip. You you can't buy God. It's the blood. Boy, that's good preaching. Does this even make a little tiny bit of sense now? All right. When I learned this, God started teaching me this. When I was in Bible school, I had to pinch myself. I, 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 I wanted to talk to a big dog so bad and go, am I looping? Am I looping out? <laughs> Let me finish reading 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I want to read this. Now, all of this is of God who has, that's past tense, reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us a ministry of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing our trespasses unto us. Why? Wait, what was he going to do? I mean, what, what good would that do? And has committed to us the same word of reconciliation. So now we're ambassadors of Christ, though beseeching you that you on Christ be reconciled to God. For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin, so you could become the righteousness of God. All right. Am I making a little bit of sense now? All right, so what does God do when you say, oh, God, heal me? He does nothing. He goes, stupid question. Dumb. I can't answer that. How, what do you want me to do? Die on the cross again for you? Sickness is a byproduct of sin. Have your sins been remitted? Are they gone? Then what are you going to do with resist the devil? How do you resist the devil? It is written right all right let's go back to rosa parks get in the back of the bus woman no i'm free if she had a she if she had a constitution she could read it that because she has a she has a legal right but she worked for a lawyer and she started learning who she was and her rights do y'all understand and that's where people once they start finding their rights out now let's get into black history a little bit those people in the South did not want to educate. It's against the law to educate a black man because they were afraid to learn to read. Yeah. 
If they ever learn to read, he'd find out that they, that they can't do what they're doing. And Satan, he don't give a rip whether you go to church. Just buy it. Just whatever you do, don't ever read this. Because he can keep you in bondage as long as you dumb as a rock. I ain't got time to read the Bible. Satan's going, oh, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then once you go, wait a minute. Let me read one to you. Just, just, just. Give praise to him, the God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me through our life with every spiritual blessing that belongs to his heavenly kingdom. How much? Not when you die. The wealth is yours. If you would learn to use your faith and walk in dominion and not cry, money has to listen to you when you speak. Boy, I'm, I'm doing a good job. But, but the church is sitting around going, oh, God. <laughs> And he's going, I don't think I understand you at all. Yeah, amen. All I did for you, and you're down here crying like a heathen. Mm-hmm. You're not a heathen. You're my son. Oh, just a penny, God, just a penny. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> when Brother Hagin, the Lord spoke to Brother Hagin, wrote that book, How God Told Him About Prosperity. He says, I don't have any money up here. He said, matter of fact, stop praying for it. Tell it to come. But see, we've never been taught dominion. We're not taught dominion in church. So let's read it in the book of Ephesians. You ready? Because I'm going to read it to you. I want, I'm, I'm, let's go back to this prayer and let's read what he said. Verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward you? Because you're a believer. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him... At his own right hand in heavenly places. The, the, he's in a seat of authority, isn't he? Yes. Isn't he? Yes. All right, now let me read the rest of this. Chapter 2, verse, two, verse 4. But God, who's rich in his mercy because of his great love where he loved you, when you were dead in trespasses, made you alive together with Christ. When he rose from the dead, you rose from the dead. By grace you've been saved, raised you up together, and made you sit where? Made you what? Sit? You're what? You're sitting? Yeah. Are you sit? Where are you sitting? Where are you sitting? In a position of authority. Kings make decrees. Well, I tried it. Stop trying it, king. Do it. Well, the earth's not listening. Make it listen. Now I'm getting this. Okay. The devil will curl up in bed with you. If you let him. Are y'all okay? All right. This is the reason why there is a time when you're talking to God, you need to be humble. When you're talking to the devil, you need to be humble. Are y'all out there? Because I'll say it again. I'll just go ahead and make you mad. You know, when a policeman pulls you over, he's not being humble. He's being a police. He didn't ask you to pull over. He told you to pull over. He didn't ask you if you wanted a ticket. He told you you were going to get a ticket. But he don't go into his boss and tell him what he's going to do. So when you're talking to God, you're nice. 
when you leave the throne room, you get mean as the devil. Yeah, devil, shut up, leave, stop, hallelujah. And you say, how to do God? Are y'all getting this? So then you come to a church like this and they go, are you going over there that name claim where they boss God around? They go, God is a good guy, the devil's a bad guy, and we know the difference. All right. Are y'all okay? Now, everything in the book of Ephesians now was written, everything I just said to you is written in chapter 2. It's been in there. The prayer precedes him telling you this so that you can read it and go, wow. Now, I have this book called Truth. It's kind of like a message Bible. Because I like reading it in that. And then I read it in my King Jimmy. Because the King Jimmy literally is closer to the Greek than this. But sometimes I read that and go, I don't understand anything they just said. So <laughs> I read it in this one. I get the gist of it. And then I go back and go, hmm. Plus, plus pray in the Holy Ghost when you read. It's a, there's, there's lots of legal terminology in here that is for you. And even though it sounds like it's not easy to understand, you can understand it because you have the mind of Christ. Amen. Don't say, yes, you can. You got God in you. You can understand anything. Are y'all okay? All right. Now, let's, after this prayer, um, let, me, let me read this. Before. Let me just read it to you. you. We were chosen to belong to him. This is God's plan from the beginning. He works out everything so his will and his purposes are completely fulfilled. All of this is so that we who put our hope in Christ will live for his praise and glory. But you also, like us, were placed in Christ when you heard the truth of the gospel of salvation and believed. Then he marked you in a very special way by placing his personal seal on you. He gave you his own Holy Spirit to live in you. The gift of the Spirit is a deposit from God that guarantees the inheritance. The Holy Spirit is earnest money on your head so that he knows who to get when he comes back. They've, he's put earnest on you. Do anybody in here understand that? What is earnest money? Does anybody know what, what is earnest money? I'm coming back for the house. Is there any real estate people in this room? Okay. Y'all got that. That means that when they leave and they come in, they see Tim, they want to buy a car. They, Tim can't afford you to leave and come back six months from now, but put $1,000 down. I'll hold the car for you, but I need to know how serious you are. So we need to know how serious he was. So he put an earnest of his inheritance by giving you the Holy Ghost. I'm coming back to get you. I got a deposit on you. Well, that's pretty good. Now, see, if you just read this, you're like, this will make your person happy. And then the devil comes along and says, you ain't saved. You're going, well, how is it they're still earnest on me? This is good, ain't it? And keeps us, um, and keeps us as those who are his possession, living in the power of his redeeming love, that he might that we might live for praise and glory. Ever since I heard of your faith, and then he goes into that prayer. Now, at the end of that prayer, he says, "You have an example of this power, 
of exactly how mighty it is in the resurrection of Christ. Yes, the power that raised him from the dead and caused him to be seated in heaven at the Father's right hand is the same power within you now. As a result of the power, Jesus now reigns far above every other ruler, authority, power, dominion. He's greater than anyone else could ever be, not only in this present age, but the future ages which is to come. And then he goes on into talking about what Jesus did and who he is and seated at the right hand of God. All right, now I'm going to go over some stuff. I got a little book up here, at that one, and I don't know how many are out there, and I should have checked because I know that, that Gene's going to get mad at me for selling books that we don't have. But, but E.W. Kenyon wrote this little book called Identification. It, it's one of the best books you'll ever read in your entire life, and it's tiny. Now, I'm going to read the first two pages of it, just to give you an idea of the same, the same thing I'm saying tonight. We are dealing with an almost unknown fact of our identification with Christ. What does it mean? It means our complete union with him in his substitutionary sacrifice. For instance, the term, I have been crucified with Christ. Remember Paul said, I was crucified with Christ? Well, was he up on that cross? No, he was not, was he? So what did he mean by that? Adam, Jesus, became the second Adam and took my place. So his death was my death, his resurrection. So, so this is what stumps people. I don't have time to prove it to you tonight. But Jesus had to become sin, and he had to die spiritually. Now, now everybody has a problem with that. You get outside of this church and churches like this, and you get around them, they'll look and say, Jesus didn't die spiritually. That's Okay. Can God be tempted? Was Jesus tempted? Hmm, how do you figure that if he's God? Isn't that a good question? You better believe it is. Because it tells you in in, uh, Philippians that he left his deity behind. And he took on humanity. That's why his name is Jesus. He took on 100% humanity. And as a man, he could die spiritually. And him who knew no sin, he didn't take your, we we say this and it's wrong. He died for my sins. He did not. He died for sin, singular. He died for sin. He took all sin to the cross. And so therefore God, when God decided that sin had been paid, he raised him from the dead. So when your sin was paid, he raised Jesus from the dead. Now, you, that still hasn't helped Catherine out a bit because Jesus is raised from the dead, but Catherine's still dead and going to hell. So she has to be made one with Jesus. Do you understand that? Go to John 17. I'm going to show you something. Are y'all getting this? I, I, I almost am a little concerned I'm going way over y'all's heads, but if I am, just, just hang with me. Now, what I'm talking about is called the legal side of your redemption. It's not the vital side. Now, let me say this, because this is going to confuse you. This coming Sunday morning... I'm going to be preaching on works. I'm not talking about your legal redemption. I'm talking about your vital redemption. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
Don't you come to me and start talking to me about who you are in Christ when, you, when we need nursery workers. Well, I'm already saved. I don't have to work in a nursery. I know you're saved. Go to the nursery and go to work. All right. Because we want to we wanna talk about all that Jesus did, but there is a response to what he did. And so there is a works not in order to earn salvation, but because you are saved. Yes. 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 And, the, and we got people right now, and, and I'm going to say it to you as sweet as I can. There's grace churches all over America where the people do nothing. It's all Jesus. Well, honey, if that's true, then Jesus really screwed up in the book of Revelation, getting on to him about not doing the works he told him to do. Let me make another statement. And if I hadn't made you mad, this will do it. Your flesh is selfish. It is very selfish. You're, you, you and I, all of us in this room have flesh, and we don't like doing anything. And so somebody's got to take a Bible and bring it out to you and show you that one of these days you're going to stand before God and answer for that. And I need to scare the heck out of you so you go, oh, my God, maybe I ought to get up off my ha-ha and go to work. Because we're just sitting around church while the world's going to hell singing about how much God loves us. And he thinks it sucks. He did all that in you, and you just sorry, good-for-nothing, lazy, selfish. But that's not tonight. That's next, that's Sunday. <laughs> but you'd be surprised at how many churches are preaching that right now. And I mean strong. And people are flocking to them because you can go to that church and be just as big a fat baby as you want to be. I want to go in there one day. I'm going to wear a big old robe and a big pacifier and have Lisa push me in in a baby buggy. <laughs> And say, I heard y'all have babies in here and I'm ready to come. I mean, I just want to rock that place. Never mind. It's Halloween, Pastor. Man. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun to go in there with a big, what, what are those things babies used to wear? Little gowns they wore. And more of the pioneer days, you'd see the little house on the prairie and little baby would have this little dressy on. That's a nighty, nighty dressy and. And a little bonnet on their head and a little bingy in their mouth. And I told Lisa one day I was going to come to church one time dressed like that. She said, baby, don't. We're trying to grow this church. Don't run it. <laughs> Big fat baby. <laughs> I've been a baby myself. We've all had our baby days. John 17, verse 20 is not talking about unity. Look at what Jesus prays. I don't pray for these alone, but those who will believe in me through their words. Say, that's us. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they may be one in us, that the world may believe you sent me. And the glory that you gave me, I have given it to them. That's not unity. That's you becoming one person with Jesus. Now, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Are you all ready? Because I'm going to blow it. 
Are you a spirit? Is he a spirit? Are you filled with his spirit? What's the difference in your spirit and his spirit? None. Now, are you all ready? Because I'm going to blow your mind. Why does Paul then call you Christ? See, you can't handle that. I'm not Jesus. Yeah, you are too. There's no difference in your spirit and his spirit and the Holy Spirit. Your head goes, I don't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. He did, that is the power, how much he loved us, that he would become a human, take our place, be our substitute, rise from the dead, and become one person with us. There is a glorified man on the throne room, and he will be a man forever. That's amazing. So he can't operate outside of his body. If you don't do what he says, nothing will get done. If you're not witnessing, people are going to hell because Jesus is not talking to anybody. How many of y'all have done this? And you've, you've done this. You've been right in the middle of talking to someone about the Lord, and you start saying things you don't even know. It's not you talking. And you're like, that was good. It's not you. Well, who is it? It's God. You don't feel him. This will get you over an inferiority complex very fast. When I learned this, I started walking up to people and going, it was good that you met me. And you want to know how many people bucked me when I said that? Well, who do you think you are? I'm going, apparently you don't know who I am. And are y'all out there? I mean, that is phenomenal. Who we are. We're sons of God. With pacifiers. When this hits us, every devil in hell is going to go, oh, hell. (laughs) Our days of ruling them just ended. They just found out who they are. And I'm not talking, I'm not saying you can live like hell, but you're not ever going to get perfect, so it has to be Jesus. In the meantime, be led by the Spirit, walk with God. If you mess up, get right with God. Don't walk in the, with, if you walk in love toward other people, the blood of Jesus keeps you clean from all sin. That's what it's for. Just walk with God, walk in fellowship with people. Stay in fellowship with people. Stay in fellowship with people. And stay in fellowship with people, because if not, God will resist you. Boy, that's good preacher. And then if you're stupid, you understand you can still reap what you sow. Don't get mad at God. You're the one sowing discord and it's coming back. Never mind. 
Okay. Are y'all, y'all are getting this. Y'all like. Yeah. Thank you. And I, and I understand what Mike just said. Listen, when I first read this, my, my brain would like, whoa. And, and it's like, that can't be so. It's what it says. As he is, so am I in the world. Nah, I'm not Jesus. I'm a numb nut. Okay. How are we doing for time? Oh, we got 15 minutes. Okay, good. Go to the book of Colossians. Paul writes, all right, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written to for you. The epistles were written to you. This is how you know who you are. Now, now let me blow your little mind again. How did Jesus find out who he was? Reading the Bible. When he was growing up, he would read and go, that's me. All right. That was the reason why when he walked into his own church that day, he opened up and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He read a scripture and told him, this is me. And they took him out and go kill him. Now, let me make a statement to you, and y'all don't get mad at me. If you walk back into your Nazarene friend's church and you say this, they're going to throw you out of the church. Because they've, they, you, can't, you can't start off in 10th grade with people. You, they they got to come along and go, okay, I see that, okay, I see that. Don't just walk in and drop a bomb on people. I found out me and Jesus are one person. Well, you're not getting invited to Thanksgiving dinner at all. Yeah, he just didn't leave you home. You're crazy. Because they don't know. They're good people. They don't know this. All right. Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 9. Look at this. For this reason, since we heard of it, we don't cease to pray for you and ask that God would fill you with the knowledge of his will, all spiritual wisdom, understanding, that you'd walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing and being fruitful in every good work, increasing the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for patience, long-suffering, and with joy. And give thanks to the Father who has, past tense, qualified you to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light and has, past tense, delivered you from the power of darkness and placed you into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Do you, are you possessed with the devil? No, it can't be. Because he's delivered you from the devil. Now, can you be, uh, can the devil oppress you? Yes. Do you have authority over him? Yes. Is God going to do anything about him? No. But he has delivered you. You don't need deliverance. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this. You don't need healing. What you need is for the life of God that's inside of you to flow. Same spirit that brought him out of hell is living in you. What you need is to learn, uh, and we will get into this next Wednesday night. Is next Wednesday night Halloween? Okay, not next Wednesday. We'll get into the prayer in Ephesians where he's talking about, about the power that is working in you. When they stoned Paul to death, what did he do? God, I went back in the city. Kind of hard to kill a guy full of God. Okay, snake bite him, do it in the fire. He was walking in the life of God that's in him. We're waiting on something to fall out of heaven on our head. And, the Bible, and Paul's trying to teach you that he's in there. Yes. Wow. 
this is good. Colossians 1, 27, 26. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and generations, but now has been revealed to the saints. To them God willed to make known, this is what God wanted you to know, the riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Not in heaven. Christ in you, Tim. He's in you. Now, have y'all ever struggled with sin? You know how to overcome it? Start declaring you're free from it. Just stand there and look at it and go, I'm free from you. In the name of Jesus, greater is he than sin. I don't have sin. I'm not a sinner. You're, you, you, you rule your life with your tongue. God's not running your life. You are. Well, my boat ain't running. Crank it. Well, it goes in circles. We'll get the steering wheel. Shandai. Colossians 2, 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him, in him, in him, in Christ, in him, in Christ, in him, in Christ, in him, in him, in him. Built up in him. I'm healed. What are you going to do about the flu? I'm healed. I'm not trying to make God do something. I'm not trying to push a button and make God come down and heal me. I'm not saying a confession 25 times trying to talk. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. healed." God said it 25 times. Shut up. I'm standing my ground. We're going to put this on you. You can put it on me. Well, you know what? You, I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm washing the blood. I'm, 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 I'm in Christ. I'm in him. He's in me. I'm alive with the life and nature of God. Do you understand who I am? I know who I am. Now, listen, you start talking to Satan this way. He goes, he flees from you. You scare the spit out of the devil. You start talking like this. Don't you want to stay humble? That is humble. Now, now look, let's look. Rudin built up in him. Establishing the faith, faith of what? Finished work of Jesus. As you have been taught, abounding in all thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. In him, Jesus, dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Is he a big dude? Is Jesus big? And you are complete. Read it. In him, you're finished. I'm complete in him, and I'm the head of principality and powers. Do you all see that? So the prayer that we've been praying is a prayer to understand what I just taught you tonight. 
But not just understand it in your head. Walk in the light of this. What I just told you is the reason he came to the earth was to start a new race of men and women made in the image of God that walk in dominion. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the prototype for us to look at Jesus and see how he lived. And we can do it too. I asked him and it didn't happen. Well, then shut up and quit praying full of unbelief. Do y'all understand that? That's all that is is a bunch of old Baptist religion. I didn't mean to pick on the Baptist. The Methodist too. Listen to me. You go to a church and the only thing they preach you is come to Jesus and go to heaven. That is not why Jesus died on the cross was to give you real estate in heaven. That's not why he came. Boy, that's, you just make me mad. And you live in defeat. The devil beats the mud out of you this side of heaven and you blame God for all of it. And then you die, and at the funeral, we don't know why God took them. It's a lie from hell. Because the preacher's backslidden. And he doesn't read his own Bible, and he don't know squat. And he's up preaching to you, and you dumb enough to listen to it and suck it up. So God finds old hippies, gets us born again, and says, don't go to church. You get that Bible, and you start reading it. And I'm reading it going, this is good. And this is good. I've raised two people from the dead. I've cast devils out of people overseas. I've had people slither up to me on their belly with their tongues coming out. I can't do it. I'm preaching. And they come down the aisle on their belly. I just go there and grab them and cast the devil out. I'm telling them to sit down and shut up and go back to preaching. It doesn't bother me to see a devil. Well, we're going to start seeing a lot more of in America. And you, better, and you better know who you are. Boy, I'm better. Because you might have to cast the devil out of somebody. I was over in GNC one day, and the kid walks up to me. What's that, that, that movie, um, Harry Potter? Harry, he, he puts his finger on me and starts doing hoobie-joobie. And his mama's looking for vitamins, and he's over there. I don't know what they're saying because I didn't watch that crap. I don't watch that stuff. I don't watch any of that stupid movie. It's not entertainment. It's satanic. And this kid puts his finger on me. And I said, and I walked up to him and I said, Shandai in the And him and I, he's, he's hoobie me and I'm hoobie him. And his mama had no idea what we're doing. And I'm looking at that devil going, now you come out in Jesus name, you old foul little devil from hell. And she's over there with her vitamin going, hey, that kid, you know cast a devil out of this kid. You know, I, I met a girl in an apartment complex when I worked, when I worked with Tom. And she told me one day, she said, I murdered a man. I've had sex with all of my, well, all of my dad's friends. I killed one of it. And she told me all of the wickedness she's done in her life. And I was talking to her about Jesus. She came to my house one night. She said, I went to Calvary Assembly and they kicked me out. She had on short shorts and a, and a t-shirt with no bra. That's why they kicked you out, sweetie. 
And so I, so she says, and she, she's knocking on my door at 10 o'clock at night. And, and I just was talking to her. And then a man spoke out of her. I said, I'm going to pray for you. And this man said, do you touch us and we will kill you. And I grabbed her. I don't want you to think, did you? I, I, I don't want you her to think of. I just gra- I grabbed that girl and said, you come out, you foul devil. In Jesus' name, you come out of her. You don't kill me. I was crucified with Jesus and you can't kill me. Do you understand me, you foul thing? Come out. You're scared of no devil. You say, what happens if it happens at Walmart? I cast it out of you in Walmart. Right in the line. I don't care. I don't care. You know, listen. Oh, y'all. Are y'all getting any of this? The reason I'm preaching this, the reason I'm showing you this, Paul is praying a prayer that the church would understand who they are, what Jesus did, and what belongs to them. And, and we need, now I don't, after tonight, don't go home and say, I got it, because you don't got this. You need to keep praying these prayers. There's a lady in Tulsa prayed this over me, and I mean, the Holy Ghost came on me and started showing me stuff. And this, what I know now, is because of those two prayers, I learned everything I know. I studied the Bible for a year, and at the end of the year, I knew nothing that I was reading. Made no sense to me. And this lady starts praying these prayers for me. And then I got a hold of Brother Hagin's book, The Authority of Believe, and I started praying him. In, in just several months, I learned more Bible in several months than I'd learned in a year's reading Bible. Because the Holy Spirit started revealing this. And all, I would read it and go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, I see that. I see that, my God, I see that. Boy, this is good, isn't it? All right. If you choose to stay ignorant, it will cost you. You, Listen, I'm not trying to scare you. You should be scared. Satan, you say, well, I don't want to know this. You better know this. Because some of the problems y'all are having right now is because you're not doing what he told you to do. I tried it. Don't you ever try the Bible. You do it. And if, the, if, if you pray an hour and nothing happens, you pray too. You don't get off this. If they send Rosa Parks to jail, she didn't try it for a day. She'd have stayed in there a year. She wasn't getting off her. She was right, and I ain't getting off my case. You're not keeping. You understand? You better get you some backbone. That's called a spirit of faith. David, in the Old Testament, had a spirit of faith. Everybody looks at the giant, and they're scared, and he goes, I'll kill him. I tell you, I know who I am. I have a covenant with God, and I'm going to kill that sucker. I killed a lion one time. I killed a bear one time. I'll kill you too, dude. He, do you understand what he was doing? He knew, he, he, he had a revelation of who he was. Yes. Yes. Amen. Paul was a, was a Pharisee. 
And when he got born again, he didn't just become a sweet Christian. He went off into Arabia and got a revelation of this. I got so much I want to say to y'all. You remember Jesus made a statement. He says, I have so much to say to you and you can't bear it now. They were not born again. You cannot teach this to an, a sinner. And we'll get it. You have to get born again. So Jesus had to wait until you were born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and use the Apostle Paul and write these so you wouldn't understand what happened to you when you got saved. Now, what you don't know is, is not good. It's harmful. But, but Christians think that somehow or another, because I go to church and I'm sweet, that makes everything okay. It, it does not. You can be sweet all you want to be, and you just be a messed up human being. Satan is, I'm going to say something right now. How many of y'all have friends who are sinners, and they don't have any problems? And you're like, what the heck? I'm being serious. I can take you to people's homes and everything's perfect. And I can take you next door to spirit-filled, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy roller, and they're all hell's breaking loose over there. <laughs> and, and you know, you, you understand, the moment you stepped in, you got born again, and you got authority on you, you got a target on your chest, whether you like it or not. You might as well get in there and get a gun and learn to shoot. You better get the name, start learning to use it. Because you, when you got, there's a little more to this. You say, well, I went to a church where they preach on the authority of the believer. Yeah, and you're going to use it too. Yes. Or the devil's going to kill you. Yes. I almost didn't want to say that because that will make some of y'all just mad. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? Yes. I'm out of time, but I want to tell y'all a story. I, and I must tell you this. It was a year in my life, and, and I t- some of y'all know about it. Josh's car blew up. Justin's car blew up. People building our house busted all the windows out of it. The price of concrete went up. I got sick when the hospital. Lisa got sick when the hospital. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, it, it, it just hell. And I was laying in a bed one night, going, "What?" I mean, I, I was, I was like you, a little. I'm, I'm trying to do my job. And the devil, devil had fallen. Mary Fran called me out in Doug Bankston's church. And he said, and she was on one side of the building, I'm on the other. She said, Daryl Morgan, <laughs> Satan is going to try to kill you. And this was a year before this. And I dismissed it. She said, He's going to try to kill you with your heart. And I thought, I just got back from the doctor. My heart's fine. Are y'all out there? Yeah. Well, a year later, I'm in the hospital fighting for my life. Fighting. A, I mean, Satan, I am setting the captives free, and he turned his forces on me. Yeah. And people from this church, too. If, let me tell you something. If you start walking with God, you'll have Christians attack you. So Kenneth Copeland, I'm, I'm in his meeting about a year later, and I'm sitting right where Mike is. And he's walking along, Kenneth Copeland. And he's talking to everybody in the building, but he looks right at me. He said, you underestimated your enemy. Mm-hmm. And he walked off, and I went, 
Darren right I did. <laughs> I had no idea of the fury of hell because I'm in the will of God. Not because I'm out of the will of God, because I'm in it. And my day of laying around playing ended. I said, well, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get up. I'm gonna. I walked my cabin. I prayed. I stood. It looked like I, every day looked like I'm dying, losing, going broke. Every day. Every day. I'm a quarter of a million in the hole. I have a house I can't finish. I have no money. The bank won't touch me. My heart is racing 150 beats a minute. I'm almost dead. I can't work. I can't climb the stairs. I came to church and preached. You guys thought it was hot because I was sweating. It wasn't because I, my heart was beating 150 beats a minute sitting. Every Sunday, I almost died in here preaching. And you guys couldn't come to church because you had a sniffy nose. <laughs> I, had, I, I had, I fought like crazy for a year. Laid hands on Lisa, laid hands on cars, prayed over that house. The man that our shopping center over there called me up and said, I'll loan you the money. Said, That's God. And he loaned me the money. We, we paid off that house and then we sold it and bought a house debt free. Thank you, Jesus. I recovered slowly. I thought I'd get healed instantly. I didn't. Lisa... God showed her what was wrong. I'm telling you, you talk about a fight, but here's what happened to me. I'm meaner now than I've ever been <laughs> to the devil. I'm kinder with people than I've ever been, and I'm meaner to the devil than I've ever been. And I, and I, don't, play a game, I don't play games with him anymore. Are y'all out? I'm going to play a game with you because I've already seen, wait a minute, he'll, take, he'll kill me if he can. He'll kill you. He'll kill you if he can. That's how I know when y'all start whining, because I whined. That's how I know to get on to y'all, because I did it. I whined. Oh, God. I did it, too. Didn't do any good. Didn't do anything. Holy Ghost in me. Get up. Get up. Pray. Get up. Pray. Get up. Pray. Walk the floor and pray. Read the Bible. Uh, shut up. Pray. <laughs> Where's Lisa? I should tell you, we came out of it too, baby. We came out of it. We own everything now. All bills are paid off. Every, doctor bill, everything's paid up. We're doing good. And we're going to stay doing good. Now, I'm more dedicated to teaching you this stuff now than I've ever been in my life. And that's built a fire in me. You walk in here, I ain't playing a game with you. You get serious with that book or just find another church. Because he ain't playing a game with you. He'll kill you. He'll kill you. Well, I prayed for my healing. Shut up. <laughs> Do y'all see what I'm saying? You got you to get real serious with this thing. And you do. You walk, you walk in it. And that's what that prayer is. That prayer, Paul said, I'm asking God to give you a revelation in your heart. Of who you are and what Jesus did when he died and rose from the dead and sat down at the right hand of God. Made you a son of God. Yeah, baby. 
Let me make another. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to keep going. I don't care what time they get out. Everywhere I've ever worked, I've gotten everybody born again that would listen. I'm not just a pastor. I'm a Christian. I wish the church would get like this again to where when you realize when you walk into work, those people around you are going to hell. And the only Jesus they're ever going to meet is you. And you quit playing your game. You get in there and you start praying over these people. Father God, don't wait, don't wait till you're perfect. You ain't never going to be perfect. You get in there and you start praying over these people are going to hell. And they're jerks. And pray for them anyway. You were too. I work with these 10 people. I'm praying over them every day of my life. Jesus' name. Open up there. Open the doors, God, for me to talk to them. Let me share Jesus. Give me a heart. And just pray over them. I had one boss that was into pornography so bad. It died at 40 years of age and went straight to hell. And all the men I worked with, and that black crew, they all got right with God. Every one of them got right with God. Not because I'm white or they're black. Because I walked with God and I loved them. And the love of God is shed and I prayed for these men. Y'all see that? When I lived in Tulsa, everybody I worked with got saved. When I'm out shooting my gun on the range, I'm just going to tell you all this stuff. A guy the other day shot a gun. He said, holy crap. I'm I'm not cussing. I'm just telling you what he said. And I turned and I said, what's holy crap? He said, it's when the Pope takes a dump. I'm talking sinners. And he said, and he starts talking about the Pope. And I said, well, you have to assume he's a Christian. He said, well, he is. I said, what is a Christian? I had a dozen men standing around me wanting to hear what a Christian is. Because, listen, you can't get offended when the sinner uses a bad word. That's my little virgin ear. You little virgin ears have heard this stuff before. That's, that man just gave me an opportunity to preach the gospel. And I stood around a dozen men, and we talked about Jesus for five minutes, and they walked away and went, I never knew that before. How are they going to hear? If we don't go out there, how are they ever going to learn anything? They're not coming in here. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Y'all, God, I'm good. Did y'all learn anything tonight? There's two books out there, and I don't know how many of them there are, and Gene... I'm sorry, they're going to holler at you. This one in him explains the simple, it's a $2 book in him. One of the most, one of the most powerful books you ever read in your life, it costs $2. This one is in him on steroids, identification. This is, this is Jesus dying on the cross, rising from the dead and sitting down. It goes into all the scriptures on what he did as a substitution. This is, this is our legal redemption. For you and I. It's a simple little book. It's just, are y'all, are y'all, did y'all enjoy about, if, if not, then if you still love me, if I never see you again, God bless you. <laughs> Father God, thank you for the night. Thank you for what you did for us. I, I have, ta- I have preached my heart out trying to take something that's spiritual and convey it into our souls. What you did at Calvary, and I could, Father, I could do this for hours and hours and hours. There's so much in here, and the people that sit in this room, there's so much belongs to them, and no one ever told them. They don't know this. 
and they're not walking in it because they either never told it or they just never paid the attention. I'm praying, I'm praying that we would get this and understand this and start walking in the light of it and quit letting the devil run over us. This belongs to us. You, it, it, it's ours. And I'm asking a spirit of wisdom revelation and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus fall upon the people in this room right now and come upon us as we read our Bible and study in Jesus name. Amen. Well, y'all get out of here. Thank you. Y'all have been awesome and you put up with me and you should get an award. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.